Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Alright, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, my buddy Chad Clinton Freeman is joining me again for one of his favorite things, a new DC movie. It is Wonder Woman 1984. A movie which, as we get into this conversation, you will learn that I did not like very much, but Chad loved it. So I think our differing opinions make for a really great conversation. That is coming up in a second. I do want to remind you, as always, at the top of the show, though, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, and follow us on social media at PiecingPod. We also have a Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. As a matter of fact, like minutes after hitting stop on this recording, we found out that Wonder Woman 3 is being greenlit. So uh, we already have a thread going on that, and I'm sure it's just a totally uh, calm and not insane conversation going on at all. Anyway, uh Going on to this episode, Wonder Woman 1984, like I said, Chad is joining me for it. He's joined me on all of the DC movies since we started this podcast, and so it's great to have him back. And uh, yeah, so let's get into that conversation. All right, so joining me today for what is sure to be a contentious episode (laughs) is our DC expert, Chad Clinton Freeman. Chad, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? It's going great for me. Um, I'm excited for this. Uh, yeah, this will definitely be an interesting episode. It sure will. Uh, I Just at the top of the episode, for anyone <laughs> listening who doesn't know, uh, Chad loved this movie. I hated this movie. Um, so that is going to be an interesting point of view to uh, dive into this thing. But I think that's the first time for an episode that we've done where we've yeah, it's been... Yeah, possible. Well, uh, there have definitely been other movies that have, have we've had that opinion on, but we've never done an episode uh, right. in regards to it. So yeah, yeah, certainly I've been lukewarm on something you've loved or, or right. whatever, but not like this. Right. Uh, so yeah, it, it'll, it'll be interesting. But um, I, I just, I, I want to start off with this, like, Going into this, I mean, obviously we all liked the first Wonder Woman. What were your thoughts based on the trailer and everything? Were you like super psyched for it just based on what it, you know, how it looked? Like not just it being another Wonder Woman movie? I actually, the trailers um, after the first one, I wasn't, I wasn't that excited really because mm-hmm. to, to me, the trailers looked more like the feel of 
Wonder Woman and Justice League, which I knew it wasn't mm. going to be, but um, that's what the 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 action scenes that we saw and that's what it reminded me of and um you know i mean uh, i was definitely still excited for this film no matter what uh and it was you know my number one most anticipated movie of the year just mm. for the fact of being wonder woman and patty jenkins uh so um you know i i, I was definitely on board i was disappointed the way it got released but uh sure. was happy to watch it on christmas so uh you know, uh, there's just a, a mix of uh, feelings. So I didn't really know going in what what my response would be. Sure, sure. Well, I'll just say real quick, and then we'll get into some pieces here. But, uh, I, you know, I try to go into these things without any preconceived notions. And I, I did see the mix of reviews. I mean, they were from, you know, another triumph to totally disappointing follow-up is what I was seeing in headlines. Right. I wasn't reading mm -hmm. any reviews. The, the one thing I did have in my head, though, which unfortunately I think kind of turned out to be true, was that there was like very little action in the movie. And that, that's one of my biggest disappointments with it. Um, but we, we'll get into that and, and more stuff as we're going through pieces. So why don't we start diving into uh, some puzzle pieces for Wonder Woman 1984. What do you got for your first one? All right, so I'm actually going to do a couple of different things. Uh, usually, I come with a billion movie pieces. Um, yeah. My first two pieces are actually uh, not movies. Uh, I'm still in a playbook from you. Uh, okay. So, but the first one is a TV show. So um, I feel that this is a, a huge one, though, a part of uh, one of the reasons I think a lot of people don't like this movie and they it, and they're they're turned away from it. But it, it's really one of those things that makes me really like it and enjoy the movie, I think, for what it was meant to do and what it was trying to do. And um, Quantum Leap is my first piece that I'm going to have here, because I okay. think that the movie. Um, I think one of the big things that the movie is trying to say is the message of seeing people for who they are, regardless of who it is you're seeing, if it's yourself or if it's another person. Um, and, and that's something that in quantum leap, um, you know, we as an audience member, we always saw the main character, no matter whose body he leaped into. Um, and he went, you know, he was a time traveler that would uh, jump into somebody's body and he mm. would stay there until he fixed something about the, the history uh, of that world. And then he would leap into another body. And mm. so... Um, we as the audience, though, saw him each time. We saw, you know, I forget, uh, Steve, uh, Steve, I can't think of his name. But anyway, um, we saw that, uh, you know, that that actor, we saw that character because that's who the person was, regardless of what body he was in. And mm -hmm. the only other people that really saw him that way, if I remember right, was children and animals. They would always <laughs> see him but everybody else saw, you know, whoever's body he was in. Um, and so I think with Wonder Woman, one of the important things is that for me, um, uh, with the first one and then also with this one, you got to remember that Wonder Woman is very much, she sees the world as a kid. She does. Right. She's very, very innocent. She is a, uh, like a, a, a pure uh, 
person. And so, of course, uh, when Chris Pine's character comes up, she doesn't, you know, uh, instantly she doesn't see Chris Pine. She sees that other person. But then once she realizes and has that moment of, oh, it's you, she sees the person. And then we as an right. audience also see him. Um, but at the same time, she sees instantly Barbara. She sees that character. Nobody else is able to see her basically as a, as anybody worthy. She instantly is attracted to her, uh, fond of her, thinks she's funny and smart. Uh, they mm. have this relationship. Um, and, and instantly when she meets Max, uh, she instantly is just like, you know, like we do as the audience, um, is like, you know, this guy's a scumbag and Barbara's like, I like him. Um, and Barbara's not able to see him. So I just think right. that that's one of the really key things of this movie though, is, uh, seeing people for who they are or seeing yourself for who you are. And that's one of the things that she has to go through. Uh, uh, I feel with this movie is really seeing herself and seeing her, her own, uh, wants, um, and that's the lesson that she learns. But anyway, so Quantum Leap was like the big thing that jumped out at me. It was like, you know, uh, a, a big uh, inspiration for this. That's interesting. I, I like that piece and I, I like your explanation of it. And I, I think it's a really interesting theme that I wish the movie explored more uh, thoroughly or like, you know, actually uh, made it a, a specific point that that. I would have taken away from that. I, I like it more in your, your description than anything I'm seeing unfold on screen. Uh, and it makes sense though. Um, I do wish as far as like the, uh, the wonder woman, you know, having that kind of like uh, childlike, you know, personality, the naivete, I, I wish they continued that more in this movie than uh, the, the first one. That's part of what made the first one so much fun. And in this one, it kind of loses some of that. And I know that that's supposed to still be there, but I'm not seeing it on the screen at all. And that kind of, I don't know if it has to do with the writing or her performance, but uh, it, it just, it doesn't feel like she's still that way in this movie. Well, see, see, I, I feel it's there. It's just, it's, it's more sophisticated. That's all. Mm. Um, and so, cause you know, you, you've got the, the flop of her and uh, Chris Pine's characters, uh, where she's in his place and he's in hers. Um, and so that may take away from seeing that overall, but I, I, I still feel that it's there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going to go on to my first piece and that is the first one that came to mind. Now you've made a lot of jokes about this being the best direct video, uh, movie <laughs> you've seen. So I'm going to go with the movie that I, uh, first saw on video and I'm pretty sure it was a, a direct video at the time. Uh, it's the Wishmaster series. Uh, <laughs> that was on my list too. Yep. Is it? Yep. Yes. Some, some of my favorite, uh, of those, just like those VHS tape horror movies that you would see back in the, uh, you know, the late nineties into the early two thousands. And, uh, like some of the, just like kind of goofiest, most fun horror movies with a, uh, a, a demon, a djinn, I believe, uh, mm -hmm. who grants people wishes and they don't quite turn out the way that they, you know, think they would be. And, you know, cause death and destruction and all that stuff. And, and that's definitely where we're coming from with this, uh, with this villain, Max Lord. Uh, and, and it's also like kind of builds around this idea that wishes are inherently evil and they're like cheating, which is kind of like the main 
Uh, the main through story with Wonder Woman 1984 from that opening scene with the little Diana training uh, to all the way to the end, like, you know, coming full circle with that, that that taking the short road, taking the easy road to something is not the worthy way of doing things. And and so that that whole idea that wishes are like this evil thing and are cheating and are bad uh, is, I think, kind of the main takeaway here. Right. And and not only that with Wishmaster, um, this also, you know, all of these items were in these crates. And Wishmaster, that's the thing is that I always remember is when they're actually like moving the crate at the beginning of the movie. You know, th those old uh, horror movies, it's always like that or, or where it's like the the items in a crate and some you know, old the, artifact yeah, and the, some, these yeah. are all in these little crates and uh yeah definitely and wishmaster um i love the original uh of course that was one that uh, uh west craven executive produced and of course his name was slapped on it made it look like he directed it uh right. but uh <laughs> but no yeah um wishmaster is definitely a good one me, me and uh, our mutual friend mc random had a lot of uh uh, under the influence nights watching those movies uh, <laughs> little marathons but uh well i'll say the the, the sequels were pretty bad but i i do en enjoy the first one <laughs> they have some good laughable parts but, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> all right what do you got next well okay so i i i'll go ahead and I, I have a good one to go into that one that you just had. I was going to go into another non-movie, but I'll do that, come back to it. So I just go into this one because it plays off of Wishmaster. Because I was thinking along those lines, that was the first one I thought of too. And I'm just mm -hmm. trying to think back of, of other ones that are kind of similar. Because that's something that, you know, it's been used tons and tons of times. Something uh, involving wishes and, uh, you know, be careful what you wish for. Um, yeah. And I mean, of course, you you've got that kind of a thread through uh classic christmas movies even it's christmas time so you know home alone um and even it's a wonderful life but um i was uh thinking of a really good one and what i came up with was the old disney movie that i loved when i was a kid 1981 devil and max devlin Bill Cosby. Uh, this okay. was one of the edgy Disney movies. It was a bit Apparently. of a controversy when I was a kid. But uh, <laughs> basically, Elliot Gould, he, uh, he, he's a scummy guy. I don't remember, some kind of business guy. And he, he dies. He goes to hell. And um, he makes a, a, a deal that if he goes back and brings three souls to the devil, that he can live out you know he he won't be dead at that point he'll be able to live to throughout his whole natural life uh -huh. so he goes around and he finds people that are wanting something they have a desire for something and he uh basically you know grants their wish and in return they're going to give up their soul uh and the, one wants to be a singer one wants to be like a bmx rider um and i think one of them like wants his mom and dad to get back together or something like that, or he wants a, a dad. Um, mm. So anyway, uh, he, he, you know, of course things don't go right. And he, not only is he tricking these people, but he's being tricked as well because he was on the uh, assumption that these people would also live out their natural lives, but they were actually going to be taken uh, like as soon as they signed the deal. Uh, right. And so he, 
then has this moment of, oh, I can't do this. Um, and of course, you know, I, I, I don't remember the ending. I'm assuming that he ends up going to hell, but it's a Disney movie, so I doubt it. Uh, somehow he probably gets to stay. Um, but anyway, uh -huh. um, that was the, that was the one that I came up with as far as a, a good one that involves, uh, you know, the trickery and the, uh, you know, wishing um, the be careful what you wish for. Uh, there's always that uh, trick to go along with it. So. I, I'd like to use this puzzle piece, which I don't, I, I kind of barely remember this movie like existing. I don't know if I've ever actually seen it, but <laughs> I, 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 I want to use this to point out that this is definitely a trend in a lot of superhero movies nowadays. I mean, I was almost going to bring up Amazing Spider Man 2, just like just a bunch of bad villains, but uh, <laughs> the, this whole thing with a bunch of villains, we haven't even really talked about Cheetah at all because like, and she should be the main villain, I feel like, in this movie. But for some reason, we've got this whole Max Lord thing. Is Max Lord a major villain in Wonder Woman lore? Like, is there a reason he, they went with this? Well, he 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 is in 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 DC in general. Uh, I mean, honestly, in in comics and whatnot. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not a I'm not a big comic guy, so I I couldn't tell you for sure. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Max Lord is one of the the main guys on uh, Supergirl, the uh, the series. So okay. I mean, he's definitely he's definitely one of the the Lex Luthers of, uh, you know, uh, DC. Um, so okay, yeah, all right. So he's he's very much a like Lex Luthor kind of guy, uh, like a you know, scummy businessman. Um, but evidently in the, in the comic books, he actually does have uh, like superpowers. Um, okay. But he's more of like, a, a, you know, telepathic powers. Um, so they, you know, they, they, he's definitely somebody that, um, uh, which I think is what makes a lot of the, the fans of actual DC comics and stuff kind of mad about this movie is that he's kind of changed. Uh, so, right. Yeah, yeah. They just kind of take the character and use it for whatever story they want to right, tell. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it, it, in, in that respect, I, I feel that, you know, if you remember wonder woman had that Dr. Poison and it's almost like this one kind of follows the same, same kind of thing. You actually had three villains, if you remember, in in Wonder Woman. Right. Uh, the, right. The, the one who wasn't really the villain, but that became the villain. Um, and that's kind of, uh, in a way, that's kind of what Barber does. And then, uh, you know, Dr. Poison was like the the villain and i know a lot of people were disappointed with her so i mean it, it, superhero movies they they just do that they, they they put in these extra side villains and things um, sure but yeah. i i i don't have a problem with it i mean um not, not a complaint of mine <laughs> yeah all right well i will go on to my next piece which is uh, one that goes right along with wishmaster and that is the jim carrey comedy bruce almighty uh, where Jim Carrey is given these powers by God to basically have like godlike power, and due to no self control, ends up spinning the world out of control by granting too many wishes and mm. not, you know, not really. Uh, well, they're prayers in that movie, not wishes, but it's the uh, same thing. Right. And <laughs> and, uh, and the, the whole, uh, 
you know, villain by way of uh, no self-control, and it wasn't really his plan all along to kind of ruin the world, just to have power and money, and it just kind of goes out of control. So that that's kind of the uh, the the motivation of the villain here is more so for for that power and money. It's not so much to ruin the world, but then that's what he ends up doing. Right. Well, and I've never seen Bruce Almighty. Um, I know, terrible. Um, <laughs> just not a well, big spoiler, Jim Carrey Spoiler guy. alert, but I'm, I'm sure you could have imagined things go wacky. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I didn't see that coming. Uh, <laughs> well, here's the thing. Speaking of Jim Carrey, though, um, and we were just talking about Cheetah. Um, Jim Carrey, um, in one of the Batman movies, um, mm-hmm. as Riddler, um that's what this villain to me, Cheetah, is, is a lot like is the Batman movies. So, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, not just uh, Riddler, uh, which that was uh, Batman Forever. Um, also a lot like Poison Ivy in Batman and Robin or even Catwoman in Batman Returns. Um, the, uh, you know, smart, nerdy uh, character who's kind of overlooked that then, you know, uh, wants to be seen and heard and, you know, uh, that's essentially the same thing here. I mean, I feel in a lot of ways, uh, the, the villains are, are throwbacks, uh, in this movie, uh, to the Batman movies. Right. Um, right. Uh, I, I feel that this movie does a lot of things. It's, it's very much, uh, going backwards, uh, to, uh, simpler times and to, um, you know, uh, things that we have seen before as far as, mm-hmm. um, the structure of the film, the, the, what it, it does, uh, you know, with the, uh, the wishing, uh, stone and then also with the villains. So, right. And, and I, I'll say that, um, that's part of what really bothered me about the movie so much <laughs> is that I, I don't understand why you follow up the first Wonder Woman with that. Like, if this was a reboot or if it was, you know, the first, you know, time doing a Wonder Woman movie or whatever, or like a separate series or something, sure, whatever. But uh, where's Wonder Woman 2? You know, <laughs> like, where's the movie that follows up the tone of the first one? And and I, I understand that they're trying to kind of pay homage to, like, those, you know, classic, silly superhero movies, but... And that's something that came up even more on my second viewing, because I actually did watch this a second time, I was telling you before we started recording, and I liked it a little more the second time, because I knew going in that, oh, this is just going to be a silly, you know, a dumb, silly <laughs> superhero movie, uh, but I definitely expected a sequel to Wonder Woman, which was a a good superhero movie, and so I don't know why the switch in tone uh, was what they decided to go with. Well, and you got to remember this, okay? Uh, the 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 other big influence of this is the Wonder Woman series, um, mm. and I mean uh, some of the some of the outfits that uh, uh, she wears in this are you know almost you know taken from uh, the Wonder Woman series, um, and also the 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 setting of this. Uh, very similar, just the, the style and everything. Um, so I think this is just my theory. I think this is the movie that Patty Jenkins wanted to make the first time around. I think the first time around it had 
more Snyder involved, Zack Snyder, and yes. it was more in his world. Um, it's uh, now, I think, this is more uh, her world and uh, right. what she wants to do. I mean, she she co-wrote this one, so obviously she had a lot to do with this one. Um, yeah. And 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 that's what I think. But again, I think a, a lot of it is uh, tributing the original Wonder Woman series. Um, you know, even you know having Linda Carter in there and having her character, you know, be a big part of this one, even though she's only in it for you know a couple of minutes. Uh, of course. Yeah. Uh, uh, her character, I forget how you say it, Asteria, Astera, um, something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, her her character um, was the one that uh, wore the armor, which you had the nice three hundred, um, uh, you know, tribute there when you had the flashback of the armor, which I sure. liked. So I mean, so so all these little things to me, see, that's what makes it great. Is like uh, makes it fun. I I like that this one. It's um, I mean, the first one was silly. This first one was funny. The first one was innocent. The first one was you know it, it had the first it one was, was naive, funny. but it was funny. <laughs> but it it wasn't it wasn't. I wouldn't call it goofy. I wouldn't call it like, you know. I see. I I, I don't call this one goofy either. I don't call this one hammy, cheesy, corny, or goofy. That is Aquaman. And this is not Aquaman. Okay. This is not Thor. Aquaman Uh, is fucking amazing is what Aquaman (laughs) is. But that's another story. So, so, and, and not only though, but it, Patty Jenkins also loves the original Superman movies, and this is a lot like the original. I mean, it really. It, it, there's so many things in this one that I think tributes all almost all the Superman movies. Um, you've got Superman one, um, the end of the, this movie where basically you know everything's blowing up, and then all of a sudden that all reverses. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and the bombs disappear. That's a lot like Superman one where Superman uh, flies backwards and reverses right. time. So that's a lot like that. Um, at Superman two, the the relationship between uh, Diana and Steve is a lot like uh, uh, Superman and Lois. And then he, he even uh, is willing to lose his power to be with Lois. Uh, so, I mean, that, that, that's very much a lot in line with that. As far as the way this one's structured and the complaint people have of it not having enough action is like Superman 3, which is also a very funny movie, which it has Richard Pryor in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Superman 4, you've even got a nod to Superman 4 in the mall on the floor is a, a logo that looks a lot like Nuclear Man, which uh, <laughs> is the main villain in Superman 4. And also nice. Superman 4 is a, a movie, an anti-war movie uh, against nuclear weapons. Um, and then even, I mean, the, the way she flies, um, uh, it, it can you can take that um, more so as a nod to the original Superman than the way... Uh, the modern day Superman flies because it's more, right. you know, um, uh, the modern uh, Henry Cavill Superman is is more, I guess, uh, it's almost like a a violent jerky kind of flight that he has. You know, it's a really powerful, speedy, uh, whereas sure. hers is more, 
elegant and you know uh, acrobatic um yeah more like a uh christopher reeve um and uh and then you got uh batman vs to top it all off when the climax of this movie a beautiful lie from batman v superman which is the main uh score throughout the whole movie from the opening uh, to the Martha scene. Uh, so, I mean, to me, it's a love letter to Superman in many ways. And this movie is as much as it is a love letter to Wonder Woman. So, um, I, to, to me, I, I, this movie is fantastic. <laughs> so before moving on, let's just, uh, <laughs> l- l- let's just recap. We've got basically all the Batman movies and all the Superman. Okay. <laughs> it, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And that, two, that and, uh, and let me throw this in: two Indiana Jones movies. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely Temple of Doom. And <laughs> well, Raider, Raiders of the Lost Ark. The, okay. the whole thing with her going underneath uh, the the truck and everything uh, mm-hmm. reminded me of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, and the uh, the other one, uh, Max Lord, to me is uh, kind of like. Uh, Kate Blanchett's uh, villain in the uh, Crystal of Skulls. Um, her 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 quest to uh, was it knowledge? She wants to know uh, everything that the aliens know. She wants all right, of this knowledge, right. and then they they at the end she ends up getting it, and then of course you know she's not able to handle it. So to right. me, this was also very uh, you know Raiders of the Lost Ark as well. And again, that that's to me that's a of course, Raiders was a throwback, but uh, this is a throwback to Raiders of, uh, you know, really uh, 80s as well. So. Mm-hmm. so we got a lot of classic uh, series that this is uh, this is drawing from Batman, Superman's, Indiana Jones's, and I will go with Ghostbusters 2. Um, <laughs> next puzzle piece. Uh, you know, obviously we've got throwback to the 80s here. We've got uh bad sequel vibes sorry uh patty jenkins but um also we've got the whole mood slime that kind of reacts to everybody's bad emotions Mm. and it's it's everybody's badness everything that's bad within people and negativity that is going to ruin the world because of uh max lord's power being able to bring all that out and uh and manifest it all so, uh, yeah, I thought of Ghostbusters 2, which I just rewatched last night and is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but uh, I thought it had a few good funny moments. So what do I know? I, I haven't watched Ghostbusters 2 in so long, uh, I think, since the theater. I do remember liking yeah. it at the theater, but I think then I tried to watch it later and was like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> That's what most people say. Yeah. And, and I agree. It's certainly nothing compared to the first one. But I. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it has a few good jokes here. <laughs> well, I mean, since you, since you went to Ghostbusters, I I'm gonna say that the the humor in this, um, I think it's the addition of uh, uh, Kristen Wiig, uh, definitely um, gave me uh, the Ghostbusters reboot vibes. Um, okay. Uh, the the uh, you know awkward nerdy humor of mm-hmm. Ghostbusters. Um, and again, maybe that's one of the things a lot of people don't like because they didn't like Ghostbusters either. So I don't know. Right. But <laughs> but um, I I enjoyed uh, her in this film. Um, I you know I thought she was great in every part of it, and I loved 
seeing the transition. I felt that you actually did see a transition, whereas a lot of times in these movies, they go from nerd to they're the bad guy. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you do see a transformation over time. Um, so, um, yeah. but yeah, That'll no. come up in one of my future pieces. What was that? <laughs> That'll come up in a future piece for me. Oh, actually. okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I like Kristen Wiig, and I think she's I, I, you know, that I enjoyed that Ghostbusters right. movie, and um, and I think that she does a fine job here. But the like one of the big problems with the movie, I think, is that she's not given the opportunity to be funny at all in this. Um, I, I think, like you said, she's awkward, sure, um, but just like being awkward and dropping her papers is not funny. Like, you know, be like, you know, saying stuff to people who aren't listening isn't funny. Like, it's just, it's only funny knowing that it's Kristen Wiig kind of like per personality based humor, but there's nothing actually funny. happening. like the Chris Pine character at least has a couple of funny moments that are like legit, like jokes, you know? Mm. And I wish they gave this character something more funny to do. Mm. I got you. That's, well, and, and, and also though, the, I think her her character also gets to uh, play again. Going back to the Superman movies, but uh, she's kind of like Christopher Reeves, Clark Kent, in a way. Sure. Um, and again, uh, again, I I see just lots of uh, inspiration with the with the Superman movies, um, mm. and. I, I don't know. I I enjoyed her. I thought I thought she was uh, maybe not funny, but I, I, humorous. Um, I guess yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I like the relationship of her and 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 uh, Diana. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I I know what you mean. I I will say uh, one thing before I move on to my next piece, which uh, is actually my last piece. But you know, we're talking about all these '80s movies right now. You know the the first Batman anyway, and then those those old Supermans and the Ghostbusters, and I I might as well right now bring up my biggest problem with this movie, Chad. Okay. okay. And I don't remember if we've talked about this yet on our popcorn and puzzle pieces or in private chat or anything like that. But um, where the hell is the '80s music? <laughs> if you're gonna set a movie in the '80s, and and you've got a Warner Brothers DC budget. Why is there not one single 80s song in this movie? And see, that's kind of the reason why I enjoyed this movie more than all of the <laughs> 80s revisions. Because, because it doesn't go there. Uh, to me, this one is more like... I feel that the intent of this one was is to be like, this is not a movie tributing the eighties. This is a movie that was made in the eighties and that's mm-hmm. how you should watch it and, and view it as this is an eighties movie. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's what I, I felt. Uh, whereas like when you watch captain Marvel and you got these nineties and they're playing Bush and no doubt, and you're just kind of cringe. That's how I felt. Uh, and I was like, don't do that with wonder woman. I mean, that was the worst part of uh, captain Marvel. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna battle you for a second here, Chad. Okay, <laughs> because this this is an opportunity to tie in something I've been wanting to do with this movie uh, to the fact that Awesome Movie or the other movie podcast that I produce uh, that is hosted by Josh Bell and Jason Harris is currently in its 1984 season, mm-hmm. and so let me tell you some movies from 1984 to demolish your point right there. Okay, um, <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop, 
16 Candles, Streets of Fire, Gremlins, uh, The Karate Kid, Ghostbusters. These are movies filled with 80s music. You know, like I feel like 80s music is kind of a big thing when it comes to like these big blockbuster 80s movies. And so I don't know that it just needs 80s songs in it. Not, not Gremlins. Name, name, yeah, a, name I, a song I, from Gremlins. Maybe you're right on Gremlins. <laughs> Although Gremlins does have a very uh, synthy score, though. So, you know, I, I just feel like it's been kind of. Uh, beat over the head a bit lately that's all so i i was kind of mm-hmm. happy that they didn't go there but uh i mean i i i i am with you if they could have found some 80s song that was like a good song like that hadn't been overplayed but mm-hmm. i could just see them playing something that has been played a billion times you know like take on me um, uh-huh. or somebody in the, in the group said, come on, Eileen. Uh, it's yeah. just like, no, <laughs> I, I didn't want to see that. And I was happy right. that I didn't see that. So, okay. um, right. so uh, yeah, <laughs> but no, I'll you're, you're it. right. I mean, eighties music is a, is a big part of a lot of, uh, movies. I mean, Ghostbusters, obviously the Ghostbusters soundtrack, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, not just the Ghostbusters song. There's lots of other, uh, cool songs on there. Um, you know, if, if maybe they had, could have written a specific 80 song, maybe that would have worked, but I don't know. Right. I was, I was fine with it. I mean, um, did you want Huey Lewis on the soundtrack? Really? I mean, yes, yes, Chad. <laughs> yes. I would have raised it a whole star if it had Huey Lewis. But, um. <laughs> but see, and, and the thing is, though, is it in, in you know, because I, I was thinking Back to the Future, which there were the, the opening of this, uh, when you got the kids shoplifting and they run out and then she stops the, the car from hitting the lady and all of that, mm. um, that had a kind of Back to the Future vibe to me. Um, sure. And if it had, it, would it, would a Huey Lewis song done anything more to it i i don't know because uh, <laughs> uh that's that's what i think of when i think of back to the future for whatever reason i think of huey lewis yeah yeah no for sure and by the way i was uh originally going to include back to the future on my list so i'm going to throw it on here anyway uh even though we we're just kind of briefly mentioning it uh but uh yeah I, i'll go into my last piece um and that is, I was, I was saying it has to do with, uh, with the transformation of Kristen Wiig's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- there's a, a trope that's been parodied to death, uh, best parodied in not another teen movie, uh, where, where the girl is not hot because she has her hair all messy and wears, and glasses. wears glasses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then she takes off the glasses and fixes her hair and all of a sudden right. she's hot. Yeah. Which it's, it's amazing that we're still doing this, <laughs> um, especially after not another teen movie. So that's my, my final puzzle piece here. Uh, it, I, I really like, I know you said like her personality changes throughout and I, I would agree with you. She definitely does have a, uh, an arc there, but uh, as far as looks are concerned, if we're to think that, the beginning uh Kristen Wiig looks any different from right. as she continues on I mean it's the exact same person well and, and yes and you're and you're 100% right in that um but again um uh, you got to remember Superman and even Supergirl the series 
sure. when they're wearing glasses, hey, they're the, who is this nerd? You know, right? <laughs> um, I think my problem is looking at it as a movie and not <laughs> not as something so, uh, that is part so, yeah. of a great tradition. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, to 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 me, that that kind of uh, is a nod though to to me, Superman and Supergirl. Um, sure, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I I agree with that. Uh, it it definitely is uh, one of those silly things that's been done a hundred times. Um, and um, I mean, I I I do. I mean, there is a difference, I think, between um, her just with her glasses and then the way she's carrying herself and the way she's dressed and her makeup when she mm-hmm. is to that point to where she's like wearing the uh, the fuzzy outfit and she's walking down the street going to see, uh, you know, the guy to that has the book. Um, mm-hmm. I mean... But but yeah, I, I I agree with you. That that is a, a a silly thing that has been done a million times in a million movies, and it's mostly um, uh, I was I was trying to think of good ones, and um, that that's a good one because that she actually does have glasses. The one I thought of is is like probably the 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 one that really jump started all of the makeovers. Um, the the to me the the classic one, um, and that's Grease. Uh, Olivia Newton-John's mm-hmm. character, uh, she doesn't wear glasses, but, you know, she's kind of a, a, you know, conservative. And then the final moment of the film, um, she has this makeover. Uh, she's all in black, has her hair different, has, you know, mm-hmm. uh, dark makeup. Um, so, uh, you know, Grease is the the one that I took as this being a nod to. But um, yeah, I, I can understand people having a problem with that. But again, so that's my thinking, though, in watching it is that I'm going back to the days of Greece. Greece was 70s, I think, maybe 79. But again, going mm-hmm. back to 70s, 80s and, and, and trying to use that mindset of when I was a kid and watching this. Um, and and I think anybody that does that, I think, will enjoy it you just enjoy it for what it is and not overthink all of these different elements uh but uh and that's my job as a movie podcaster (laughs) is to overthink all this stuff so so i'm screwed well (laughs) oh so that's the thing though is that you can overthink it and you can overthink it in the other direction maybe that's what i do so (laughs) there you go there you go that's why you usually have 20 pieces for every episode (laughs) speaking of which do you have any more pieces i I do have a, a bunch more but um i've got a couple of big ones um I real quick, I could just mention a couple of smaller ones. Uh, small okay. was an obvious one, ET, um, with uh, the little girl that's held over the balcony. Uh, looks like you know Drew Barrymore straight out of ET. Um, okay. And then um, you know the 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 Max Lord character. Um, it, what he reminded me of, you might actually like this piece, uh, was. Uh, Tom Cruise's character in Magnolia. Uh, oh, uh, nice. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, that whole, uh, if you want it, take it. Um, I was just like, it, it just felt so much like uh, Tom Cruise's character. Um, that he's I've, heard, got... I've heard some people say Gordon Gecko uh, mm. for, for that character. Um, and then I also thought of um, Ewan McGregor in Birds of Prey, although, of course, that's too recent to right. have actually been an influencer. And, but... and of course... Uh, Patty Jenkins herself has said that Donald Trump was definitely an influence. 
sure. <laughs> so yeah. obvious, but uh, uh, also the yeah, you know, um, uh, I I thought of American Psycho, which of course is an '80s movie, does have a, a Huey Lewis uh, tie-in. It sure does, and, and it worked. And <laughs> and and he he's he's kind of along that line, or you know, uh, even Wolf of Wall Street. He definitely it, it has uh, a, a bit of of that to that character, and, and it's definitely '80s. So. Um, mm. Now, as far as bigger puzzle pieces, the one was, uh, first off, I love the opening of this film, the whole race. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Woof, woof. What? You don't <laughs> love the opening? <laughs> when I re- when I rewatched it last night, I, I fast forwarded that 10 minutes before I, st- I started from the 10 minute mark. <laughs> Just awful. Uh, that I I was like, what am I? What is this? Like, and you you realize that most of it's practical effects too, right? So oh, all definitely. these people complain about CGI in this movie, and I'm like, what are they even complaining about? But anyway, okay. So the opening of this, I really really love that. I love the message, and I feel that that you know that that message. I, I've heard other people say, why is that scene even there? And I'm like, that's the whole point of the movie. That could have been two minutes long but yeah anyway uh i thought (laughs) of another disney movie and again see going back to my youth uh and this is also i believe like a late 70s movie maybe 79 or so uh the love bug uh the herbie movie um okay okay one of the problems that i have with that movie because i rewatched it once i got disney plus it was on there so i had to watch the love bug is at the end of the movie it's it's not their doings, you know, uh, but there are other people cheating, you know, trying to make them not win the race. The car splits in two. The first of the car takes first and the second half of the car takes third. That's cheating. OK, <laughs> they were disqualified. <laughs> they did not win. OK, but anyway, uh, there's that part. And then there's also another part where they they uh, have something happen and a wheel falls off. And then uh, it seems like I don't remember if it was this one or if it's one of the later Herbie movies, but uh, they're actually carried over a finish line. Like not mm. not the the not to win the race, but like after day one. Uh, on this one, I think they have like a wagon wheel or something. But anyway, again, it's cheating. And I mm-hmm. and I, I I I love the love bug, but I always felt like that there's some cheating going on in that movie. Of course, they're 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 fighting against cheaters, but at the same uh-huh. time, even if you fight against cheaters and you cheat, you're still cheating. Um, That's right. And yeah, you gotta and, take the high road. And this and this movie makes it very clear that you know. Um, you're not going to win with cheating. Uh, and I really, really, really love that message. And I'm glad that, I mean, that was basically the message of the whole movie. You could watch the first 10 minutes and, you know, you got the message of the film. But some people, they say that scene doesn't have anything to do with anything. But Well, anyway. it, it, it has something to do. It just could have been two minutes long. Let, <laughs> it's what's a, your next? It's what's an your next? amazing scene. <laughs> It's an amazing scene. Um, the the other big one, because I said I had some pieces that uh, were not movies, and this gives me a chance to talk about one of the things that I love. That's Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror, and you're probably going to groan. But anyway... <laughs> Hey, I, I love that song, but uh, let's see how this let's see how this plays. So, so, so again, this ties into what I was saying originally at the beginning of how the this film is see people for who they are, and that includes yourself. And um, I feel that the the end of this film, you know, Max Lord um, with the Last Sword Truth and with Wonder Woman's words. 
he has a, a, a awakening. Um, and of course everybody does and everything goes back to normal, but I think that's coming from her also having an awakening as well. That's, Mm -hmm. that's her fully understanding, you know, uh, the, the thing about cheating, which I think comes back to her when they're in the plane and they're flying over the clouds and she sees the colors of the fireworks. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just about, looking at yourself and are you doing the right thing and are you doing any any cheating um and this movie is just about doing the right thing even if it hurts and you know just being the best person that you can be and that's just so much positivity so much love so much heart that i cannot understand how people don't like this movie (laughs) I, I just want you to picture for me, Chad, if, if you will, okay? The end of the movie, directed by Patty Jenkins, Man in the Mirror starts. One fucking <laughs> 80s song. How much better would it have been? <laughs> that One 80s been, song in the, hey, in that, the credits. Just put it in the that, credits. That would have been amazing. I would have loved there it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you on that. <laughs> no, if they're if they going to put Michael Jackson in here anywhere, as long as it wasn't Thriller, I mean, I would have been totally cool with that. <laughs> I'll never say no to Michael Jackson, okay? That's right. That's right. I do have a couple of small ones real quick. <laughs> okay. Right. Night, Nightmare on M Street 2. The scene okay. the scene where uh, Steve is trying on all the, the 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 outfits, it just gave me that um Nightmare on M Street 2 uh feeling of okay. when he is getting dressed and he's you know, he, he doesn't dance around and 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 uh, smack his own butt or anything, but it <laughs> gave me that vibe of Nightmare on M Street 2. Um, again, that was a, a, a movie uh, that would have been the 80s, yeah. Um, and I was in yeah. fifth grade. Um, and that uh, just that little bit of him changing into all the outfits and showing them, it just for whatever reason, it, it gave me that Nightmare on M Street 2 vibe. Mm-hmm. And I think I did have some other ones, but oh, oh, the X Men, um, just the the way Max Lord does the whole thing where he uh, sends out himself uh, across the universe and mm. is like controlling, uh, well, not controlling, but he's granting wishes. Um, there are I mean, a lot of the the end of the original X Men where he was uh, going to. Uh, I, I can't even remember completely, but he was going to do a similar thing in Staten Island, and he was trying to uh, basically get all the powers of like all the the politicians and stuff. If I'm not mistaken, uh, they did a similar thing with Star Girl, uh, the TV show as well, where mm-hmm. um, he was uh, communicating with all of the adults, and he was basically brainwashing them, and uh, he was doing this also through some, you know mystery like you know satellite communication thing that doesn't make right, any sense right. whatsoever and you're not supposed to worry about the science of it uh and yeah. again <laughs> you didn't in the 80s you didn't question how the time machine went back in time you don't do it now in this movie okay there you go <laughs> yeah no i i was actually trying to think of i know that there's some movies that i've seen where like the villain is going to use cable uh, to to reach people through their televisions, I couldn't really quite remember. I know it's happened pretty recently too, like in the last few years. There was a movie like that, but 
Uh, I don't know. Whatever it was. <laughs> right, write in. Call in. Let us know. But uh, <laughs> All right. So, I'm going to go ahead and do the finish right. puzzle here. Uh, I'll try to get in as many of your mini puzzle pieces as I can. I've been writing them down this whole time. Oh. So... Uh, <laughs> So we, t- we talked about Quantum Leap, the Wishmaster series, The Devil and Max Devlin, Bruce Almighty, all of the Batman movies, pretty much, all of the Superman movies, Batman v. Superman, of course, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, Crystal Skull, Ghostbusters 2, and the Ghostbusters reboot, Back to the Future, Not Another Teen Movie, Grease, E.T., Magnolia, American Psycho, Herbie the Love Bug, Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror, Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, X-Men, and Stargirl. I miss any big ones there? You forgot 300. But... Ah, yes, 300, <laughs> of course. I, oh, I was which which I've also forgotten our episode on 300. I need to get that posted. <laughs> these I, for, I forgot also Gods of Egypt. I mean, and, and here's the thing. People that complain about the CGI, look at her in the, in the, in the golden suit. And then go watch Gods of Egypt when there's the transformation into, you know, this golden whatever he transforms into. And tell me uh-huh. that this has bad CGI. When I'll defend the CGI of Gods of Egypt. But anyway. <laughs> I'll just say that everyone feels like they're floating. But I'm not going to. Let's not shit on this movie anymore that we have to. Uh, I, I did want to ask you. I, I saw an interview where Patty Jenkins said that there's like a climate change metaphor baked into this. Do you, do you feel... That you saw that, that, you know, like it's about our, you know, personal responsibility and, well, you know, the, what we have to give up. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that has to do, though, with 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 the, everything that I've been talking about in a way. It's just about, you know, are, are we doing uh, the, the, the best thing? Um, I think that was kind of the message with, uh, you know, Superman 4, which is a really awful movie about war. And um, I think this one, you know, uh, it, 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 it also is there it, it, and you can take it as about, you know, whatever the, the climate, um, you can take it about, you know, war, politics, or you can take it as personal. I mean, that, that's what I think is that I think it's very, very broadly, uh, it's a very broad, positive message that, that can be taken for uh, whatever people are dealing with or whatever people, you know, want it to say. Um, mm. So, I mean, I, I guess this movie's kind of biblical in that sense. <laughs> Speaking of biblical, uh, last thing I wanted to bring up, uh, why did they have to uh, bring Steve back in some guy's body? Like, wh- why couldn't it have just been bring Steve back? Because that, that's it's a little creepy the more you think about it. I, how, and how 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 would you do that? How how would you bring a dead person back? See see Ma- I, ma- I magic was, magic superhero stuff. I, I don't know. I was totally against him being brought back. I thought that was stupid. I was like, how uh-huh. are they going to do this? And then for them to do it like in this quantum leap kind of way of oh he's in another person's body. I love that. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why people have a problem with that. Again, that's that was that was when I there was that article of somebody talking about how bad that was. And again, I'm just like, have you not watched TV shows and movies? I mean, <laughs> I mean, Chad, what what would you do if somebody brought some other soul back into your body and then you had to spend all that time with Gal Gadot? Right. I mean, I. <laughs> 
I don't, I don't, I don't understand the problem. Why? What's the problem there? <laughs> I mean, here's the spinoff movie. Where did he go? What was he doing? Uh-huh. I mean, maybe he's, okay. he, maybe he's back with all the women on the island. I mean, oh yeah, he's in hell. I mean, you don't know where, where is he? What's going on? <laughs> Maybe he's trapped in a in a lifetime movie though, and they're oh maybe god, that's from... <laughs> poor guy, poor guy. Oh well. So 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 yeah. So if 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 nobody's noticed, uh, I I do love this movie. Um, I uh, the one thing I will say the the weakest thing of the movie to me was the score, um, mm. and um, I, I I did like some things about it, but um, you know, I I. I like the fact that, you know, uh, Beautiful Lie was in here, but evidently there was other music of Hans Zimmer from other movies. Um, yeah. And uh, that just seems kind of a bit lazy. I do like yeah, the tweaked does. versions of uh, the, the Wonder Woman theme. But, um, you know, I, that would be the my complaint of the film would be the score. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it was another uh, another one of my complaints with the film. But uh, yeah, it did, definitely felt a little lazy. But um, yeah, I I think uh, I I think talking about it with you um and, and my rewatch last night, I realized I was a little hard on it when it first uh when I first watched it. I mean, it was also the first like major superhero movie I've watched at home, and it definitely loses something not getting to see it in the theater. You know, I well that that's what I think. I think a lot of people that uh are not liking it, I think that they may like it more and 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 future viewings i think the theater experience is having a lot to do with it um yeah. i mean the, the this has some amazing to me some amazing action scenes in it i les again i love the opening i love the the scene where uh it's her versus uh you know the trucks and tanks um mm. I, I i'm blown away by that um and i even like the fight scene with her and cheetah um so i mean to me, it, it 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 does have less action than modern day superhero movies, and and I'm, I think maybe that's the problem that people have with it. Again, it it's just a a throwback in so many ways. Um, right. uh, go go rewatch Superman three, and then watch this, uh, <laughs> and uh, and then you know, I mean, all of the older Superman movies, the 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 action is is not at all, you know. Uh, in your face the whole time like the uh you know the more recent movies yeah well i am glad you like this jed and uh i would like it if you would recommend another movie you watched recently that you also liked you know what um i i was trying to think of that because i've watched a lot of really good movies here lately uh one that would go nice with this one uh, as far as theme wise um is the the movie Beneath the Sea of Lights, which is on Showtime. Um, it's about a, a guy that uh, uh, he repairs uh, billboards. And so he's always, you know, looking up at these billboards that are along the, the freeway of fancy cars and watches and suits and all this. And he's dirt poor. Um, and he dreams of having these things. Uh, and then he, he meets a guy that's not, really very good guy not very honest and he kind of leads him into a bad path of you know uh, 
stealing and taking whatever he wants. And of course he learns his lesson, but, um, great, great hmm. movie. Um, I don't know how to say that guy's name. Um, the Bakad Abdi. Yes, yes, yes. Great. He's great in this movie. Um, hmm. I was very happy to see him, um, in a, in a lead role like this and uh, where he really just got to shine. Um, wonderful movie has, uh, some, um, like, uh, good time vibes at times, uh, night crawler. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's like, a a, a good, you know, uh, drama with, uh, some thriller tinge to it. All right. Well, I'm going to try to uh, squeeze this in before my end of the year list. Cause, uh, yeah, I hadn't even heard of it until you posted about it the other day. Um, and it sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, right on, Chad. Uh, thank you, as always, for being here. Anything you want to plug before we go? No, but I, I did want to say, is it not ironic, though, that this movie is about doing the right thing, the Wonder Woman movie? And mm. my fear is that as soon as this hit H HBO Max, that it was instantly going to be pirated all over the place by everybody worse than any other movie ever. And it's a movie about doing the right thing. So anybody who pirates it, and watches it hopefully the lasso of truth gets to them and they see the light and they feel bad about pirating it and they they fill up an envelope with money and send it to uh i don't know who they could send it to but anyway uh <laughs> that's my message don't pirate good message to go out on i completely <laughs> agree do not pirate goddamn lazy people <laughs> <laughs> Jackson Saves the Moon, the incredible new children's book from Darren Garwood and illustrator Carl Osborne is now available at www.jacksonsuperhero.com, Amazon, Waterstones, and all other major book outlets. Join Jackson in a quest to bring back the moonshine, meet aliens from another planet, and fly in a rocket ship across the galaxy. Jackson Saves the Moon. Other titles in the series include Jackson Saves an Owl and Jackson's Solution to Pollution. Live the adventure at www.jacksonsuperhero.com. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation on Wonder Woman 1984 with Chad Clinton Freeman. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, we would love to hear what you think of it, so get in touch. You can, of course, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, uh, but you could also you know, get in touch with me on Twitter at PiecingPod or join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, or uh, you know, our website, PiecingPod.com. You could just contact me directly through there. I'd love to hear from you all. Uh, what, do you have puzzle pieces that we missed out on? Do you want to maybe join me for a future episode? Get in touch. Uh, also, don't forget, I didn't mention it at the top of the show, but we do have a Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus content and advanced content from this podcast, as well as uh, bonus content from Awesome Movie Year, another movie podcast that I produce, and stuff from my music career, my albums and, and film scoring and all that kind of stuff. So uh, lots of great content over there on Produced by David Rosen. It's patreon.com slash by David Rosen. So check that out if you enjoy the show and want to throw a little support our way. But of course, you could also just share the show. And that is the most amazing support in the world. So uh, this is the last 
regular episode of Piecing It Together for the year. We'll have our top 10 list episode coming up next. But um, just want to say thank you to everybody out there listening for making this an amazing year. Uh, 2020 has been a weird year, but as far as this podcast is concerned, it has just grown and grown and so many new people out there listening and I really do appreciate it. So I just wanted to say that. And now let's close this thing out with a piece of music like I always do. Uh, 2020 was also a year that I released a new album, actually two new albums, uh, the compilation album Beater, uh, which is a whole bunch of music from films I've composed, but uh, a new regular album as well, full-length album of all new music. It's called David Rosen. It's just a self-titled album, uh, even though it's my sixth release, but uh, I'm going to play a piece from David Rosen, which is available now, of course, on iTunes and Amazon and Bandcamp and for streaming on Spotify and Apple Music and all that stuff. Uh, This is a track called Wonder. That seems like a good fit for Wonder Woman, right? So this is Wonder, which is actually one of my favorite tracks on the album. So enjoy it. Check out the album if you like it. And we'll be back with our top 10 list coming up real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.